This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Today's special podcast is actually taken from Sunday morning service, March 15th, from the Dwelling Place Church in Houston, Texas. My wife Lisa and myself joined with Pastor Randy and Lucy Needham during a special live stream service to their congregation. We wanted to address practical and spiritual response to the coronavirus, as well as biblical examples to help us keep perspective and peace in the midst of a very anxious and stressful time for many. In a very intimate setting, in a fireside chat type of atmosphere, as Pastor Needham and his wife Lucy, my wife Lisa and I sat, Pastor Needham addressed his congregation via live stream. Afterwards, he asked me to share what God had put in my heart. Interestingly, that I was invited to be the guest speaker weeks ago, and he really felt like in light of all that was going on that I still needed to be there to address not just his congregation, but it was being streamed to their relationships all over the world. After Pastor Needham addressed his congregation, he turned over the rest of the message to me, So I wanted to share some of my own personal family's practical and spiritual response according to scriptures like Psalm 91, Exodus 12, the Passover, Easter, and how significant those are to us today, and other scriptural references and examples, including anointing the doorposts around our home and taking family communion. See, we want to help diminish anxiety and fear with scripture and spiritual encouragement. As you listen to today's podcast, I pray you would find strength, and hope in the midst of whatever storms you may be going through. Yes, we're confronted with challenges across our nation and around the world, but Jesus is still on the throne, and we have so many scriptural references time and time and time again. When confronted with overwhelming circumstances, God was our Savior, Healer, Liberator, and Deliverer. He's still that to us today. Would be encouraged by today's podcast. Let us hear from you. And let us know how we can be praying for you as well. Well, we are so glad to have the stringers with us today. Can you give them a big hand clap? And uh, thank you, Lisa, for joining us and Doug. And this was just the Lord that we had this scheduled for you to speak today. And I felt like it was the Lord. You know, Doug's a father in our city. Lisa's a mother. and, And for us just to come and talk and and uh, share not only to our church, but really share to our city, our region, our nation right here. And we're so thankful for you guys. We're thankful uh, for how Jesus uses you and what you mean to us, but you mean to our nation. Thank you so much for all of that. And so what we're going to do is Doug's going to actually share the word and uh, minister to us today. Um, and before that, uh, I had some things on my heart. I wanted us to just, just kind of, just share, like we're at home freely, talk leader to leader, heart to heart here today, and um, about how we react to the current situation. As pastor, I want to encourage people um, that in situations like this, it's very important not to react to all of the, the fear, don't react in fear, don't react to 
to things that are overblown, let it get blown out of proportion in our own mind and uh, to get consumed with it, so to speak. Uh, you may have to turn the TV off if it's like starts talking louder than peace in your heart. And so just a few things I want to encourage you with today is uh, there's no need to panic. I mean, God's got us. God's with us. We're going to get through this. Um, we don't even know the, the whole, you know, the potential of everything that's, that's going out. But what I do know is that this is a time to grow. Absolutely. This is a time where all of us can grow in Christ right now. And this is where we see if there's areas where fear and things try to come in or lose our peace in certain areas, we realize those are areas in my life that need to be established more firmly on the rock. Absolutely. And the peace of God. And to, to, to not be, that's not condemnation. I mean, myself, all of us, we find those vulnerable things that want to steal or rob from us. Those are areas that we just need to go back and, and, and realize um, that we're in a different kingdom. We have a king. We have one who takes care of us wonderfully. And I want to just say this. I want to declare this over all of us today that we're talking about a lot about being in faith and rightly so. But I want to tell you there's grace. Absolutely. There is grace for this. There is grace, great grace upon God's people right now. Yeah. And I believe that this is a tremendous opportunity that God's going to take what the devil meant for evil and turn it to good. Uh, and that this is going to be an opportunity for us to grow in grace and that there's grace for your family. There's grace no matter what the days, what we walk through in the days ahead. There's great grace for us ahead and time to grow in Christ. So let me just say a couple of things, and then you guys jump in here anywhere. Number one is that absolutely it is forbidden for Christians to worry. <laughs> Philippians 4, let me just read it to you real quickly. Philippians 4, uh, beginning with verse 6 through 8, and it tells, well, back up to verse 4, it's, it's good too. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Never lose your joy. Absolutely. I mean, double down on joy right now. Rejoice. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So be thankful. Never lose your thankfulness and rejoice. I mean, find things to rejoice in. And, and you know, none of us ever thought we'd be rejoicing that we had toilet paper. But, <laughs> but, but rejoice. I mean, just rejoice. I mean, this is, this is just uh, one of those things. And so... Uh, worry is completely illegal for a child of God. He carries your anxiety. You have to cast it over on him. So Philippians 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So that's twice. You need to rejoy. Yes. And that's a, that's a choice that you make. And then he said, Let your gentleness be known to all men, the Lord is at hand. You know, this is a time to be forbearing with people. This is a time to be kind to people in the grocery store. Yeah, you know, Lucy and I were walking through yesterday and, you know, uh, people are afraid, so they're just grabbing everything. But you don't want to do that, or at least I don't want to do that, because you want to be kind to your neighbors that need something or may want something. We don't have to be afraid, guys. 
You know, this is a chance to be neighborly, show the love of Christ. Tell your neighbors, if you need anything, we're here. You may not even know your neighbors. Just tell them, I'm here. I've got, I've got supply. Um, and this, they'll, they'll want to know why you have confidence and why you're not afraid and why you're not hoarding and, and all of those things. And I, I'm not saying don't make provision at all. Make provision. That, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But I'm just saying you don't have to go crazy um, and with, with everything. So he says here, be anxious for nothing. Well, this works. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, there's the thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So we turn away from anxiety and we turn to peace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus had dominion in that storm in the boat because the storm wasn't in him. And there's, there may be a storm, but don't let the storm in you. Don't be anxious. So you have to make a choice. I, I'm not going to be anxious. And if there's areas of anxiety, you have to go to the Lord, get the truth, cast it over on him and begin to feed your faith, begin to feed your heart. But it's the peace of God that will keep us. It's the peace of God. Uh, I love a translation that says it's a peace of God, like a a, a garrison of mighty soldiers in a troubled land. Hmm. It's the peace of God. Keep our mind and heart. And then secondly, set your heart. Just set your heart. Just, just by a choice. That you, no matter what you hear, you will not be overcome or seized with alarm. You have to just set your heart to not be anxious for nothing. And when you set your heart in peace, then you're listening to the still small voice. And I want to encourage everybody tune into this still small voice, that voice of peace. The sons of God are led by the spirit right now. God's speaking, he's leading, and there's that still small voice you can trust and you can follow. He'll guide you, he'll lead you. And then the scripture says, no evil will befall us. So have that confidence that we're walking in, in these days that no matter what, don't lose your peace. And then, listen, um, put your confidence. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, we're seeing things being shaken, and, uh, and, and things are going to be shaken. We know the last days. We know things are going to happen. and exposes things that are on, on sinking sand. But our lives are on the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen? And we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So in this kingdom, even though, you know, God didn't send this, God's not the author of it, but he knows how to turn it. He knows how to use it and he knows how to turn it for good. And so we may see shaking going on around us and things, but we're on a rock. Thank God that doesn't roll. It's not going to break, not going to crack underneath us. And so, you know, the government may not be, know how to do everything, but Jesus does. And you know, this is where I really want to encourage us that, that we have answers and solutions and we have wisdom. And the Bible says the wisdom that's from above is first peaceable. It's not full of strife. This isn't time to be in strife with people. This isn't time to be arguing doctrine with people. This, this is the peace of God that's from above. And I hear a lot of people, Doug, say, 
And I think we talked about this briefly the other day that, well, can I use wisdom? Like if I'm using wisdom, I'm not walking in faith. But, the, but wisdom comes from God just like faith comes from God. So absolutely, God will give you wisdom. Yeah. And what we're telling you is use wisdom. Use, use wisdom where you go. Be led by the Spirit what you do. Be, you know, use good wisdom. Follow your doctor's instructions. Do all of those things. Just add faith to it. Do it in faith. Do it in faith. You know, we talk about that when we go to the doctor and we go there, we know the doctor's human. They may not know everything, but we know God can guide that doctor. So when we go, we go in faith. That's right. That's right. We go in faith. That's right. You know, and even, you know. Even, I'm sorry, Pastor, but yeah. even, uh, you know, a few years ago when I went through the battle with uh, cancer, the reality is that we always talked about, but the big C, Jesus Christ, still is in control of the little C, cancer. Well, she reminded me this morning, and there's another little C going around that the big C can take care of, right? That is is so true. Um, And so I think we are called right now like Daniels to have wisdom for our leaders. That's right. And if we'll be of a sound mind, led by peace and pray, then I think God will put us around decision makers, and I know you do this, that people that need godly counsel because they may be a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. They're, they're moving in natural knowledge, mm-hmm. but thank God we have natural knowledge, but we have supernatural. That's right, that's right. Pastor, I wanted to add to what you said before you all go deeper. This morning as I was doing my personal reading, I was out of Genesis 15, and it said, Abram, in a vision heard from God and it said, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your exceedingly great, great reward. So pastor just mentioned, you know, faith. And I think of Ephesians six In one hand, you have the sword of the spirit and the other hand, you have the shield of faith. And that faith says that I believe in God and we're in covenant with God and I can trust that he is my wisdom. So this morning, most of us know what shield means, but I wanted to go a little deeper and I wanted to see what the dictionary said. It says shields are used to intercept specific attacks and it goes deeper, but I just get chills at the thought as we've been given a specific attack. Those of us who know Jesus, who said, Jesus, you're Lord over my life, better than Superwoman using her shield. If you've seen the movies or any Marvel movie, I've got the shield of faith saying no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against my household shall prosper. And yes, I will hear from you, Lord. I'll delve into the word. You will be my wisdom and we will win this battle. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Lift up the shield of faith. Against every fiery dart. Every fiery dart. Every fiery dart. And then it goes on to say that we have the sword of the spirit, which is our tongue. And this is time to speak our faith. When circumstances are shouting at you, you hear something that tries to bring fear. It's time to answer that with it is written. Let me tell you, it is written. And you keep that shield of faith up. And you speak, you know, that, that actually that sword is, it's, I, like, I like the thing, I'd like a big sword, you know, like, you know, I'm going to take care of him way out there. But actually, it is an intimate sword. It's a, it's a dagger. 
And that's because there's wrestling that come. You may be sleeping and you wake up and something and it's in close. And you, but you have that. The big sword doesn't do any good. But you have that intimate, that intimate thing that you can answer. And I found this, that you can't be silent with faith. Faith is released by declaring. It'll not come nigh my dwelling. It, it'll not come nigh. It, 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 and so you be, you're speaking your faith. This is just a little C. This is just a little C. Little C. Little C. It's speaking your faith. And then I would encourage people, and you may be sharing, and I'm not, I'm not sure what you're sharing today, but I really encourage people that you can daily, if you want to, with your family, celebrate communion Absolutely. at home. The, celebrate the body broken for every disease and then celebrate the blood of Jesus which is over our heart, over our home, over our children, over us where we go. You know, I would say this. Uh, you've been with us in Japan and other places, and we were just talking about Japan. And I, I would say this, that, it's, um, that as I've traveled around the world and even in some dangerous places, that nobody can take care of you like Jesus takes care of you. And the best thing to do is to be in the will of God. And I want to tell you, um, I know I'm going to be courageous. Uh, and I encourage people that you don't have to be afraid to minister to people right now. Pray for the sick. Pray for people. They don't, they don't have it. We're looking at ways we can do that. In the days ahead, continue to minister. And they shared, if you have a prayer request, uh, prayer at dwellingplacechurch.com. You can send that in and we'll pray. And minister, but I would just say that in that serving the Lord, that you can go wherever He sends you. You know, I was—I'll uh, say this, and then I want you to share the word that when Jesus had His disciples, and He was teaching them, and He said, "When you go," He put them in a vulnerable situation. He said, "Don't take money. Don't take. You can't make a doctrine out of this." But this was that moment He was discipling the disciples. And he was teaching them something. He said, I'm going to send you out. And you're going to be sheep among wolves. Mm -hmm. And don't take any weapons. Don't take extra money. Don't take supply. And you think, why? <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> loving Jesus. Why would you do that to us? You know, like it seems totally contrary to his nature, doesn't it? And I realize that there are moments that are beautiful moments, that there, there are some circumstances that we walk through. You know, Psalm 91 says he delivers you three ways. He delivers you by you never even know you needed deliverance. He instantly plucks you out of it. Number two, he delivers you by making you so slippery, no trap can be set for you. And number three... He accompanies you through stormy waters and gets you to the destination. He accompanies you through it. You walk through it unscathed. You walk through it. And so he allowed the disciples to come in a situation where they couldn't look at anything but him. And they found out he is more than sufficient 
to take care of them, provide for them, protect them, keep the wolves away. No matter what was going on, they saw that Jesus was, and they came back glowing saying, wow, the things we saw was amazing, but they, they were in a vulnerable situation. But they walked with him and they saw his king, kingship. And it's in those moments that some of the time where we have to depend on him that we actually see more of his beauty. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Pastor, you were talking about communion. And when I was thinking about Exodus chapter 12, and it was, it's interesting, we're coming into the Passover and Easter season. And of course, Passover means when the, the 10th of the plagues came over Egypt, when God kept saying to, through Pharaoh, I mean, through uh, Moses and Aaron, let my people go to Pharaoh, and they would not re- listen to the word of the Lord. So the Lord said to his people, I want you to take a spring lamb, and I want you to uh, sacrifice that lamb, put the blood on the top of the doorpost and the side of the doorposts, and that when the, the spirit of the plague of death came across, that, you know, that's kind of like a God saying, it's a temporary quarantine. Stay under my covering. And even as Teresa shared of, of, of Psalm 91, under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. So there's something about being under covering. It's a, especially moments like this, we need to be tethered and under the covering of the Lord. So what we did at our house was we actually took the anointing oil to all of our entrance places, uh, the doorposts around the house, and then we anointed it with oil, symbolically, not that we're doing some weird, strange things, just symbolically based on Jesus being the Passover the perfect sacrifice that was slain is, in fact, John the Baptist said that it was the, he was the Passover or the Lamb of God. And so we know he's the perfect Lamb of God. And so for the Easter season coming up, Passover coming up, what an interesting time to remind us of what God did and still does when these kinds of things happen. And so we anointed our house with oil around the house on the outside. Then we took communion as a family. And we did that every day when I went through the battle with uh, stage four lymphoma cancer. We took communion every day as a reminder that nothing comes into my life or body without being processed through the filtering of the blood of Jesus. So I think it's a place bringing encouragement to people that, look, Passover in Exodus 12, God protected the people of God when they stayed under covering. And then you fast forward to the work of the cross, the power of the resurrection, the shed blood of Christ on the cross, which is the wooden cross and the blood that just drips down from the top and the sides, that we are under that eternal grace in Christ Jesus, that we don't have to fear as man fears. And I would just say that today really is about reminding believers of who we already are and bringing encouragement to those who may not know Christ yet who would say, wait, I want that. Well, you can have the same thing because the Bible says that we give thanks to God who always qualifies us through the son of his love, Jesus Christ. So the reality is we all have access. No one's uh, withheld from that access. So anybody can call upon the name of the Lord and Jesus wants to be the shadow or the, uh, of covering and their covering and their Passover lamb. Wow. That's so, so beautiful. So beautiful. Doug, go ahead and continue sharing with us today. And okay. And I, I just believe he's not only speaking to our church, but I believe in God to speak over our nation, our Absolutely. city, and that God will use this outside our church to Absolutely. speak the word God's given you. Absolutely. You know, it, God's never taken by surprise, right? In Psalm 91, when it talks about, as I shared, alluded to a moment ago, that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and it talks about pestilence and other things. 
Well, really, this is a pestilence that's going around. And it's nothing that, uh, that you know, regardless if it came from a, a wet market or if it came from some lab. Look, we, we know we're living in some interesting days when there's diabolical things and, and the dark forces trying to bring disruption to the Lord's people, to the church, because the church is a light that should shine in the midst of whatever goes on. Jezebel literally tried to stop the voice of the word or the voice of truth of the prophet Elijah. And then one of her sons tried to, with a double portion hatred, tried to stop the voice of Elisha, who received a double portion from Elijah. In fact, it was in this very place on this platform that pastors graciously allowed me to do a region-wide a word in season that I felt God had given a word. And in that word I shared from this place, and it went all over and we wrote articles about it, that we needed to be reminded that we need to get retethered to the place of the Lord, but also to recommit to our commitment to getting the word in us. And then I also talked about the importance of Haggai chapter two, that, that when the shakings come, that God says to Zerubbabel, to governmental authorities, to the priesthood, the ministers, and we're a royal priesthood, aren't we? And then to all the people beyond that, God says, thus saith the Lord. And he says that be strong and work, for I am with you, says the Lord. Do not be afraid, because my spirit remains with you. So there's a promise in that, and that's the first thing he says. Before he goes on to say, by the way, when I'm about to shake down heaven and earth, sea and dry land, you need to go back to what I just told you. Be strong and work. Don't be afraid, for my spirit remains with you. And so it's a reminder that whatever happens, whatever shakings come, when he shakes heaven and earth, sea and dry land, that we know that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. So what God does to me is reminds me, because as Peter says, I, I remind you of these things that you've already heard, but I share them with you again because it's good for you to hear it again and it because it reminds us and it's expedient for us in our growth so at times like this when things get shaken and as pastor said we do not have worry and anxiety because at times like this when you think about in luke when the disciples were told by jesus to stay here and tarry for an hour and he goes to pray he comes back and finds them asleep if you look at the translation in the original meaning it says to uh, they were asleep from sorrow, stress, anxiety, fear. They're overcome with the, the fodder of the moment. That's right. And so they were lulled to sleep. When, how many, when you go through difficulties in life, you tend to want to shut down and curl up and get in a fetal position and don't want to deal with the world? And the Lord is saying, this isn't the time. This is a time to, to, to get tethered, to get deeper in my word. Let my word saturate you so that when you speak, you speak with my authority. So it was in this place two years ago almost that, we, that you allowed me to share that word that I felt like was really now going back to remind all of us, including myself, what have I been saying? Look, when things happen, you need to come back to me. Remember that it's my word in you. You need to get back into my word. And Lisa was sharing with me the other day, and we have to find out who this was, an owner or somebody in the NBA or an owner of a, of a team said, you know, if they asked him about shutting down all the games and suspending it, he says, well, as a Christian, maybe it's a good time to get back into the Bible, start reading, spending time, get back in the Bible. And, and I'm going, well, that's what God's been trying to tell us. Get back into the word. So last year, and I'll just share a couple of things, kind of more from my, as a father, kind of a, just a 
fireside chat with those that may be watching and those that are here. I, I really feel strongly that it's a season to get back into also speaking his word. Because when we go through overcome in situations, what better thing to do than to speak the words of the world, but speak the word of the Lord. So uh, back in April or so of last year, I had to get up early in the morning. And so I usually put earplugs in. I had to get up early to go meet with the pastor. I had earplugs in my ears. But I have two prayer times in the morning before I leave my home, a hotel, wherever I am. My first one is just, I just thank the Lord. As you said that earlier, with prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving. So I always start out with just thanking the Lord, just being, just appreciating for who he is, just because, because, because of who he is. As I do that, I don't ask him for anything. I'm just thanking the Lord that I've got a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. And thank you for my family and my wonder woman here and, you know, all the other things that you thank the Lord for. I got some kudos for that one. So... But I, I usually have my eyes closed and I'll, I'll just sit there and pray but before I get up and I'll get up and do my shower and devotion and then I'll come in and I'll do my knee time before I leave the house. And that's where I just give them the supplications, all the concerns, feeling like I'm way beyond my pay grade. Lord, I feel all the pressures of life and demands and people's needs and burdens. That's when I give it to them during my knee time. But my first one is my horizontal, just thanking the Lord time. And uh, so this morning, I had my earplugs in to get, to get up early just so I wouldn't uh, be awakened too early. And I'm praying, and I felt my dog jump up on the bed, which is normal, get near my leg. And then I, I felt this presence, and I felt uh, Lisa sit on the bed. And then I hear, Zoe. And I thought, that's not Lisa's voice. And I also know that the word Zoe, is we all say Zoe, but it's really pronounced Zoe. So I'm thinking, my theological mind's going, Right. But this is a voice, and I'm thinking, that startled me. So I look up, Lisa's not there, but the presence of God was there. The dog's not there, so I knew it is the Lord trying to say something. So the next few days, I began to process, wrote an article about it, because I felt like it was important for us in the season that we're coming into. And this is, again, last April or so, but the season we're coming into is to begin to recognize what Zoe means, or Zoe. That in the beginning, in Genesis and in Revelation, it says that he is the, the, the life, the divine life. God is the divinity, the divine life. The beginning and the end, he tells us on both sides of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, beginning of the old and the end of the new, I am your Zoe, your divine presence. And then when it says that we, should, we have life and life more abundantly, is to have this Zoe, the divine life of God. And so I began to realize that God is saying, I want you to start speaking when the world begins to give negative voices, be intentional to speak Zoe, to speak life into your marriage, speak life into your family, speak life into the church, speak life into people's needs, speak life, speak life, because there's power in the tongue, right? Speak life. And then I began to study about the word that that comes from the same root word is Zao. Zao you see in Ezekiel 37. That's when God tells, tells, he says, look at all these dry bones. And he begins to put uh, all the dry bones and shakes them together. So when the world is being shaken and everything being shaken, he's also shaking up some dry bones. And he brings, to, he puts meat on it. Then he says, now, he doesn't say, oh, come alive. He says, prophesy to those dry bones. And he says, prophesy, and that word equivalent word is zao. See, zoe is the divine God life. So when we have a relationship with God, the divine life, then we can have the authority to speak into the most difficult of circumstances and to prophesy the breath of life back into them. 
So the Lord began to say, you need to be intentional to speak life. And how do you speak the word into every situation? But also to recognize you now have an authority when you have the word in you to speak into circumstances the breath of life. Now you fast forward to the New Testament of, of Acts chapter 20. Remember the story of Eutychus? Eutychus was on the third floor listening to the Apostle Paul. And he goes into a deep slumber and sleep and falls off the third story of the building, falls to his death. And I began to process, what are you trying to say here, Lord? Well, when Paul goes down, speaks over him, he speaks zao. He speaks the breath of God back into him. Then Paul just goes back about his business and finishes all throughout the night ministering the word of God. The people were astounded at what they just saw. And I began to say, what does that mean to us? And I felt like the Lord was saying, we can go to church and we can get, get around the word of God, but until we get the word in us and we begin to pra- apply speaking his word, his divine life, and taking the authority of the Zao to speak the breath of life, then we can go into a deep slumber through anxiety and worry and stress and fear. And the Lord is saying, it's time for my church to not just be around church and around the things that you talk that are Christian, but let's begin to become awake from our sleep and to take the authority to prophesy and to speak life, to speak the breath of God into every situation. So I really sense that's where we are today. It's time for us not to look at and listen just to what the world says, as pastor said. There's times you just got to turn the news off. There's going to be every, every kind of opinionator, every kind of, of fodder that comes, comic fodder to, to fodder of what's going to happen. Look, we know that the end in the end times, that it's also a time in the latter days where all people should gather at the mountain of the Lord. It's a time where people will be running to the church. Remember uh, uh, last year, I shared with you a dream, actually two years ago, a dream that I had where people began to come into large stadiums large open fields come into churches across our country and around the world and they, but they had their eyes were glazed over they didn't know why they were there and instead of looking at them even their language their looks their, they were like what am i doing here large fields stadiums churches were being people were just coming in their eyes glazed over didn't and we didn't know what are you doing here the lord was shaking things up to get them to a place of being curious to come and find themselves into an environment where believers were, and all we had to do was to take a knee posture with vertical worship. And we didn't worry about what was happening here. We began to have vertical worship, and the corporate anointing would come and begin to see these places filled and churches filled and people coming to Christ. Now, I'm not saying that that was a dream about people like Kanye West or other, but I'm just saying that we're seeing an escalation of people gathering and now people talking about the Bible. And it happens to be that long before 2020 came, last year, leaders from around the world agreed that 2020 should be the year of the Bible. Now, interestingly, in 1982-83, I remember, as 83, I believe, I was at at the National Religious Broadcasters. uh, Ronald Reagan was there, the president. And I remember that they had just passed a few months before by our Senate and Congress that we could declare that as the year of the Bible, a national year of the Bible. And they all recognized that the foundations of all of our blessings came from the word of God, from scripture, and from the fundamentals of the, of the Judeo-Christian faith. So they, that was how far we've come since then, right? But back then they acknowledged that. So he declared that and we agreed with that. And you fast forward to the Super Bowl this year, during this halftime show was also some PSAs and commercials like by Freedom From Religion. 
And we know that the First Amendment says that we have the right to the freedom of expression and religion to express that, right? But what happens is, is the world is trying to take that from us. There's a whole group called Freedom From Religion, trying to take that from the very core of our faith. As I watch this commercial, one of the commercials that was being put out there was by Ronald Reagan's son, Ron Reagan, who represents Freedom From Religion. His father said that it's it's the year of the Bible in 1980, something talked about prayer, the importance of prayer in our nation, and his son is now representing atheists and agnostics. And here's what he said at the end of his PSA, talking about there is no God and that we should have freedom from religion. And doesn't realize he's benefiting from the faith that we have. And he says, oh, and by the way, if there's a hell, I'm not afraid to burn in hell. Now, rather than getting upset, my heart wept. I said, God, how many souls out there that need to become Paul's? How many people out of ignorance and and woundedness are going through a time where they don't want anything to do with you, but they don't recognize that they they need you? This is a moment for the church. As it says in Luke chapter 21, when all these things happen, In verse 13, he says, but let it be an occasion for your testimony. Jesus says to his church, when all this is happening, don't focus on the happening, focus on me in vertical worship, knee posture, and watch what I can do because it'll be a time for an occasion for your testimony. As we know in Revelation, it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. This is a moment, not a time of fear to withdraw into the perdition, but a time to press forward. Be strong and work. Do not be afraid because my spirit remains with you. And when everything else happens, we can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And just like when the spirits of the plagues came over Egypt, God had a plan for his people to keep focus on him in a perpetual celebration every year since on the Passover for the Jewish brothers and sisters. And for us as believers, 2,000 years ago is an eternal promise to us that were under the perfect Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. It's time for us to recognize our hope is not in man, our hope is in the Lord, Christ Jesus in us. This is an opportunity. We've been praying for revival. Revival is here. And for those that might be watching right now that maybe you're watching, came across the Dwelling Place Church and watching today, I want to encourage you that you may not have a faith in Christ, but, but Christ believes in you. And that if you would just simply say with me, If you don't have an an understanding in your mind or your heart about the Lord, all you have to simply say is this. Jesus, if you are who you say you are, would you reveal yourself to me? He's waiting. He wants to be there for us. I've said this with with Muslim leaders. I've I've debated and argued with uh, philosophy uh, professors at Tehran University through telephone. And I've talked to people all, and if I can get them to say this, if you believe Jesus was a good man, a prophet, or the son of God, would you just then say, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, reveal yourself to me. He so wants to come with you. In fact, in Luke 24, it says on the road to Emmaus, as things were happening. And even the disciples on the road to Emmaus were like confused. And they were discussing about what just took place. The news of the day, the fake news, the fodder, the news the, of all that just transpired. They'd been walking with Christ for three plus years. And they're talking about Jesus, discussing what just happened, what's going on. They were walking with a sad countenance. And Jesus appears, and they don't even recognize him. And he begins to say, what's going on with you? And that's Doug Stringer's way of saying, so what's up? Dude, where you been? Have you been watching the news? 
And they begin to tell Jesus all about what just happened to Jesus and all that was going on. And finally, when they're discussing the scriptures, the things of God, and he's about to depart from them, he said, wait, wait, would you abide with us? In the midst of all this, they gave an invitation, abide with us. It was in that place when he, he was invited to be in their presence. They took communion together. It says their eyes were opened and they got a revelation of who he really was. They went from being sad with an expectation of gladness that in the midst of the circumstances, now they had a focus to look to that was beyond the circumstance. What we need is get back to saying, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, believer or unbeliever, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, would you reveal yourself to me in the fullness of of who you are. As a believer, we say the Godhead bodily. Jesus, we recognize as you as Savior, healer, liberator, deliverer. You are the big C. You are the Christ. You are the Savior of the world. You're the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. We are under your covering. Lord, we are under quarantine with you. For we have you in our hearts. And, and Lord, that we ask you to work in our hearts so we can be a light that shines to the world around us. And God, we know you can handle other things and pestilences and diseases and viruses. God, we, we don't understand all the, the dynamics, even where it's all come from. We do know this one thing. At the end of the day, the one who desires to steal and kill and destroy is the enemy of our soul. So we're asking you, Lord God, in the spiritual and practical realm, in the seen and unseen, would you bring peace and would you bring salvation, healing, liberation, deliverance, and freedom? And God, would we, your church, awaken from our sleep and from any fears or anxieties or stress to be awakened, Lord God, even as your word says, awake, God, that we would awaken into your presence and that we would be able to be a light that shines. Your word says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your father in heaven. And Isaiah 60, one through five says this, and I believe this is the word I wanna speak over all of us because the original word is, is Psalm 91. I think that's the word we all need to be praying. We pray that every day when we go through difficulties because we know it's a promise from God. But listen to what Isaiah 60, verse one through five says. And I believe this is a word for all of us right now. Arise Come on. from your slumber. Arise from your, your anxiety. Arise from fear. Arise, fix our gaze on the Lord because Three of the things that God spoke to me in that dream last year was one, during whatever is about to happen, speak the word. Speak Zoe life in every situation. The second is to do that, fix your gaze, not on circumstance, but fix your gaze on the Lord. Just like with an eagle through the storm is able to fix its gaze into the brightness of the sun above the storm clouds to regain its strength. We need to fix our gaze on the brightness of the S-O-N above the storm clouds of the times and things we go through. Be strong and work, for I am with you, says the Lord. Do not be afraid, for my spirit remains with you. We need to be reminded of God's word. So Isaiah 61 through five, I'm gonna speak this over us as a God's promise. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, the world shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. It's no coincidence that our president has called for a national day of prayer. 
And the Gentiles should come to your light and kings to the brightness of your eyes and lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then they shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. This is an opportunity to speak the word, speak Zoe life, take the authority of prophesying the breath of life in every situation. Don't allow your tongue to begin to speak the world's language, begin to speak the word of the Lord. Stay in God's word, stay tethered. Fix your gaze on the presence of God and watch his corporate anointing come and the revival we've been praying for will come. Speak the word of the Lord, fix your gaze upon the Lord, amen? And then finally this, in the midst of all this, the enemy will struggle in our minds. Pull down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God's word and truth. How do we do that? Stay in the word, know the truth, speak the truth, prophesy the truth, and the breath of God into our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Doug. Come on, let's give the Lord a big shout of praise right there. Thank you, God. How many of you uh, comforted here right there? So let's just lift a hand towards heaven. And uh, Doug prayed this. And let's just, we release healing right now across our city, across our nation, around the world. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. And ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.